Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now, coming up today, we have got an exciting episode. We've got the latest updates from the allotment, including the building of new beds and asparagus. Then we'll dive into the main segment, which is a trip to Bewley for Gardener's World Spring Fair. And I'm actually joined on that with Skinny Jean Gardner, aka Lee Connolly. And then finally, we will wrap up with the garden segment. And of course, we have got a recipe. So let's get into it. It is Saturday the 29th of April 2023 today. I am down on my allotment. Now this week has been a little bit poor weather so I haven't been able to get down here as much as I would have liked. So today was a pretty intensive day down on the allotment. I'm actually on call this weekend so I was hoping I would be able to get a lot of work done before I got called out and crossed fingers I haven't been called out yet. So what have I been doing? Well, I came down here loaded up with lots of tools and equipment to get a lot of things done today. Now, the first thing I did is I brought a reciprocating saw down with me. And what I wanted to do was cut two screws on a piece of wood so that I could use that piece of wood to complete the main crop potato bed. This was the fourth potato bed that I built a few weeks ago. Now reciprocating saw is a great tool for this because I find the saw blade fits between the gaps in the wood and just cuts the screw off. The actual screw head had basically worn itself out so I couldn't unscrew it traditionally. But cutting through the screw, a piece of wood came out and I have popped that into place in that bed. Which is great because that now means that bed is completed. Now, that bed, I did plant some potatoes out when I built this bed. And at the moment, I can't see any potatoes showing themselves. Oh, I tell a lie. I can actually now just see two potatoes showing themselves. So that's good. That is very, very good. That's off to a a good start. The other three potato beds, they are actually doing pretty well. We have got to do quite a bit of weeding. That's something I wasn't able to do this week, was getting down here and do the weeding. Now after that, I went into Grandad's greenhouse and I have filled up the remaining containers up with some fresh compost. This is great. This containers are all going to be full of tomatoes. We've got two tomato plants already growing in there and that leaves us with another four to fill and I've got plenty of tomatoes at home. I've just got to bring them down and get them in here. That was something I meant to bring down today but I forgot. Now after that I went up to the top half of the plot and I have built two more wooden beds. I stopped off at Wicks on the way through today and I brought the wood that I needed to build this and cut the wood when I got here, built the four sides, got it into position. It's a bit uneven, I've got to admit, but I'll work that out when I start clearing the weeds. But that means these two beds are built anyway We and we're going to be planting things like sweet corn in these beds and they're probably going to go in in the next few weeks. 
Now after that I went to the asparagus bed. Again the weeds on the asparagus bed have started growing again despite having a good clear out and a good layer of mulch. This bed is really really difficult to keep on top of weeds. But I cleared out more and more of these weeds but the asparagus is starting to grow as well. But added to that we've also harvested five sticks of asparagus which is great. We love asparagus so to get these great little sticks these asparagus things to eat is great paired up with some rhubarb that we've harvested we've got some good harvests coming in from this allotment already now i finished off with a bit of strimming and mowing just to get on top of that which i'm very happy about i i didn't get that to do that during the week as i said so being able to finish it off today really does make the place look a lot tidier and I'm very very happy now that the allotment it just feels like it's coming together. Now I'm going to finish off doing some weeding before I head on home but yesterday I went to Gardener's World Live at Bewley down in the New Forest. This is a show I've been to for three years running. I have a great time there and I want to share my day with you. So today is Friday the 28th of April 2023. I know this podcast has gone from Saturday to Friday to Sunday this week. But there is a reason. I've actually taken a day off work today and I've came down to Bewley in, in the New Forest for Gardener's World Live Spring. Now this is the third year running I've been to this show. And I thoroughly enjoy this show. But this year, like last year, I'm also joined by my good friend, fellow podcaster, Lee, the skinny jean gardener. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back. I can't remember when you were last on here. Oh, but, it couldn't uh, been that long. It's probably not, probably not. Anyway, um, we have, it's coming to the end of the day, actually. We've decided we'll record a podcast of our thoughts of this show this year. We got here just after 10 o'clock this morning, so we've been here seven hours. Yes, wow. Long, long old day. It's been that long. Wow. That long. And... I've got to say, my first thoughts is that it's grown compared to last year. Yeah, 100%. uh, Last year was my first year, actually, and you can definitely see a difference in it. Difference uh, of the amount of stages there are. Yep. um, The size of the stages. uh, The amount of places you can buy plants from. Yep. Has has massively grown. Um, And do you know what? Attendance-wise, for a Friday last year, it felt a little bit quieter than this year, so even that has grown. It's definitely a lot busier this year, but the first thing that we noticed when we walked in was there was a little area with a local tractor club showing off some tractors. But any tractor fans out there, little bonus for Yeah, you. but I liked it because obviously Bewley is known for the National Motor Museum, which we were able to go and have a look at the cars as well on our same tickets. But tractors... Works with gardening, works with a motor museum. Just seemed to work. Nice little link. Nice little link. But then after that, we headed up into the stall areas. And I think they said there was 30 nurseries here this year. 30. That's, That's quite pretty a lot, good. to like pick from to start your year off if you're going to be thinking about planting up. Yes. 30 places to choose from. Yes. Now, I've, I will admit, it's early on in this growing season. There's not many plants really available. It's not like you're going to be able to get any tomato plants or anything like that, because it's just a little bit too early for those. I see garden centres are selling them, but it's just a little bit early for those to get out. And we've said with a few people, this year everything seems behind because it's been so cold. Yeah. 
So I was surprised to see that many nurseries. Now, I was lucky enough, I have brought a few plants, of course, edible, of course. Uh, I've brought a hardy lemon tree. I've brought a almond tree. I've recently spoken about nuts, so I'm going to grow almond as well. Going nuts on nuts, yeah. Yep, yeah. and the, uh, a nutmeg tree, which I love nutmeg, so looking forward to growing that. When you say you've got a hardy lemon, does it mean you can leave it outside? Because my dad's got a lemon tree, right? And he leaves it inside, or he leaves it in his conservatory. I'll be honest with you, it's looking a bit like a twig at the moment. But lemons can be quite difficult to grow, no? They're pretty easy. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to go to a citrus grower and do a podcast about that in the future. I've just got to contact them and organise it. So I won't go too much into what that at the moment but I know lemons they need a period of cold over winter yeah. in order to encourage them to flower so there is a bit of a opening for that nice um, and a nutmeg nutmeg I've never grown a nutmeg before didn't even know it was possible to grow in this country so that's something I'm just going to try and do this year for a little bit of difference nice now, I didn't buy any plants by the way I didn't buy any plants just if anyone's asking <laughs> I was going to ask did you buy any plants I didn't buy any plants mate no I'm, sometimes I come to these shows just for the enjoyment of being with yeah. you oh well of course um, <laughs> of course but we had a good look around the stools anyway and you know good mix of pots and wooden structures that, that seems to be very in fashion especially wildlife encouraging wildlife things get bigger and bigger the wildlife side people seem to be more and more uh, thinking about it every yeah, year, doesn't they? Definitely, definitely. It's certainly a big thing. And then we've got the show gardens. Now, we love show gardens, I've got to say. We've been thinking about doing our own show garden, but we've been talking about that for years. We have. You uh, never know. 2024. Again, you know, I was worried this time of year there's not going to be many edibles. I mean, edibles is my thing, but actually I was quite surprised just what is going on here. Should we go have a look while we're here sure. at some of these show gardens and see what we think of them I mean probably got to get out of here soon but the first one that I can see right in front of me is one that I was particularly fond of this is probably about three meter by three meter bed it's got a wooden path like basically wooden logs cut down to make slabs it's got a chicken house with some teddy chickens is that the way, the way to call yeah, them cuddly, cuddly toys of course yeah. you like the one yeah, with chickens yeah, of course of course, you know. of course. But there's also a lot of edibles. We can see chives, carrots, onions, all of which are looking really good. Around two of the edges, it's got a hazel tree border, hazel tree fence, also great. A little wildlife hotel at the back and a scarecrow as well, next to the wildlife hotel. It's a lovely little garden, isn't it? I think, I like it. And they've added some purple colours in, like around the onions, there's a wooden bed painted purple with the... uh, the, the name of this border printed onto it. Links in quite well, doesn't it? Looks, it's nice. There's isn't some it? nice little ideas there. I yeah. really like it. Yeah. A strawberry planter towards back as well. Oh, well, you know what I think about strawberries, so yeah. I'm all over that. Yeah. So yeah. that was like a, uh, like a border garden, right? That was a border garden. Then we got the Nordic Retreat. This is feels more of a garden. So, it wouldn't fit my garden, but when we saw this earlier, the first thing I noticed was there was a like a yoga area you like yoga i don't but my wife does and she's always on at me she wants somewhere in the garden to do yoga which i say go make your own garden <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the spirit <laughs> but this is the type of thing she would like there's no edibles in this so it wouldn't suit me at all 
but as somewhere quite contemplation. It's almost like a Japanese feel to one side and then the Nordic retreat to the other. You could create something like this, but with vegetables around the outside instead. Just as like a, a base of having a decking area and the gravel area, you could then build around your allotment around the outside so it's a work and space, no? It's an idea. It's an idea. Maybe in the future. It's worth Who thinking knows? about. I think, honestly, I think it's worth thinking about because it makes it a usable space rather than just... An yeah, allotment I know in what, a garden. I know what you're saying, because my garden is I'm very I'm not knocking much, you, but I am. No, my, my garden's very much an allotment. It's an edible growing space. I'm thinking for Amanda, not just you. So this is Obscuro, designed by Bridgewater and Taunton College. as an enchanting, hidden and secret feeling enclosed space. Is this your garden? River garden. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Well, we'll, <laughs> we can talk to you about it. We can talk to it. the people who designed it. Right, hey guys, you're the designers of this garden and uh, talk us through it, talk us what's going on and what you've, your thoughts are behind it. So we were set a brief back in January to think about around the Victorian periods. So our garden is based on a Victorian tea garden. So basically the use of the plants in particular, we're focused on a northwest facing aspect of the garden itself. So we were concentrating on more like the shady section of the garden. So it's like a tranquility space for almost for people to come in to sit down feeling comfortable in an enclosed space within a shady back garden itself. So basically the use of the plants we've incorporated into this garden is based mainly on foliage but a mixture of pastel to a warmer colours as it comes into the sun part of the garden itself. So we kept it quite simple in terms of the plants but more it feels like a more comfy space itself. I can see that. Now you've, now you've talked through that. I can see exactly what you're, you're talking about. A lot of nice big foliage plants. A lot yeah, of you see, you see the Victorians were really keen on their plants. Yeah. You know, a lot of the gardens here you see are kind of sparse. Yeah. And sort of minimalist. But the, the, the Victorians just loved their plants. So this, this kind of garden was an ideal opportunity to show off their, their plants and how yeah. well they could grow them and prove that they were better than their neighbours. Yeah. And one thing that... Alex didn't mention was what we call the pot a fleur, which which you can have yeah. a, uh, mention about Megan. Pot a fleur is um, this design that we've got on the table, um, which mixes uh, living plants with cut flowers. So we've got a design here with um, a cake stand with like flowers coming up and ivy drifting down cascading and then some foliage kind of around there as well and it, it makes a nice combination between the two really and there's lots of symbolism in here because this is like an, a, a, a disused railway track and it leads to the station and at the station, there's the tea party, so they can people can stop and have their cream teas. So yeah, we're trying and their to keep Victorian it tea, very posh. Try to keep it more simple materials, natural materials that they had back in them time. So they use the wood and the turf as well. So it just feels like you're walking into a space, so you're following that lines almost through the garden itself. And the one final thing we're going to do is once we finish with this, we're taking this back to Western Supermare. And we're going to rebuild it in the Western Psychiatric Hospital grounds. Oh, amazing. Um, which will be used as part of their sort of mindfulness and well-being side of things. How oh, lovely. What was it like building... Uh, is this your first showground you've done? It is for us, because we've never done anything like this before. Um, we've all got different skills. Um, I'm, I'm the mainly the only landscaper um, on this, so I've focused more on the landscaping aspect to get the building work done. These guys concentrated on more of the um, planting itself, so they, we kind of used our skills different ways and we worked as a team basically to put all this together in a short space of time. 
So we did have sharp challenges along the way as well. So um, in the two and a half days we were here, but we managed to beat it through it and we got it done. Amazing. I'm you... very proud of them. They're my students or ex-students uh, and they've done a fantastic job and that's been rewarded by fantastic comments we've had today mm. from uh, the public which is probably the most important thing of all yeah, yeah. when you hear someone say oh this is my dream garden you yeah. know you've done something right yeah, yeah. was that you do you say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was <laughs> having me on then. Yeah, make sure they say something nice to us. <laughs> yeah, nobody else has said anything nice all day. Yeah. Well, to be honest, we've been here all day, and the amount of people that have come in, they just love the garden. And it's just that's what we wanted to create. We just want to create for the people just to come and look and just enjoy the space. Yeah. And, and take some and ideas it, home. There's been people that have taken inspiration and ideas for their place because it's based on a shady part of a garden. People couldn't really work out what to do with shade gardens in their yeah. places so this is taking their ideas into their own gardens and that's what we want to give nice that was a lovely. nice way of ending it yeah Thanks so much. lovely thank thanks you. for chatting to us thank you, thank you. Pleasure. So now this another road to victorian one five i think we'll call this the last show garden today sure. but this is one that i captured when i saw in i captured my interest because it's got this sort of i want to say ramshackled shelter towards the back made of corrugated iron and clear perspex, which reminds me of a lot of the stuff I've taken out of my plot at home. Yeah. The old corrugated iron shed, I've still got the summer house as corrugated iron as well. And seeing it like this has made me realize how I could actually use that space in a better way. Definitely, I think every garden should have a place where you can sit, relax and enjoy. Every yeah. allotment should as well, because we go down the allotment, we work hard, we should spend some time just enjoying it. It's something that I'm trying to do a lot more um, in my own garden. You could say that I do too much of that anyway, Suggs. But, uh, but this gives a really nice idea of what you can create. We've, let's be honest, they've done it really well, yeah? Yeah. Um, but you can make it out of bits of scrap that you just have around the, the plot, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th I feel I need to describe this structure for the listeners at home because it is so eye-catching because it's not your standard straight-edged four-sided structure it's more like at the front it's a diamond shape yeah i think that's a good way of putting it it's not yeah it's not just like a house shape is it no it is there's a bit of design to a it a bit of design to it it's a diamond shape using some it looks like reclaimed wood for the structure structural side yeah then it, as i said corrugated iron on the back on the roof for shelter and aspects it? yeah it's lovely isn't it yeah I really like it I'm sure there'll be a picture somewhere on your oh there'll be pictures up on the um, socials about this but there's a table on the inside you know there's the metal watering cans on the outside and tools it's just such a lovely idea I really love the paving area in this as well it's nice where you can like uh, have paving which uh, also can add planting Yes, so it's almost like a, a broken path, I think is the way to describe it. Have you got a plant that's edible that can be planted between paths like that? Time. 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 Chamomile. I've recently had that question come up recently. I've been asked as well, and it's on a footpath sort of thing. But time and chamomile nice. are good choices. Herbs, they can take a bit of a beating if you walk on them. That's great. No, yeah. yeah, really good. Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean... That's literally, that chat we just had there and looking at these gardens sums up yes. everything about this show. 
Well, there is one final thing. We talked about this last year, and that is the actual gardens, the house gardens. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, of course. For me, this is what sets this show apart from like the one in Birmingham, although we're hoping to go to the one later on this year, Audley End House as well. Yeah. The great thing is that we can go and visit an actual garden. You and I, we, we try and go and visit gardens... Um, a few times a year and my wife and I do the same as well because we really enjoy it yeah and doing it in a show as well it's a bit like when I used to go to Chili Fiesta or that Westie you go to the show but you also get to take in the gardens and that's something I feel is often overlooked by many of these show events there's a, a garden you can visit yeah and actually see a working garden yeah that's important right because yeah everything usually for, for NEC for example, big big show, yeah. Yeah. Um, but everything's put on just for that weekend. It disappears. We've been there before mm-hmm. when it's just back to lawn. It's it's nice to see something that is um, that is permanent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and you can see, like I can even see the progress of that garden from last year. Yeah. To compared to this year, there's differences, and that happens to all of our gardens. Yeah. And so that's quite. I think that's a really nice thing for visitors to be able to get. I can't. I've travelled from Essex all the way to this show quite yeah. far to go because I love I, lo- I really love this show because yeah. I, I, there's so many aspects to it yeah. so many elements that make it work and I feel like I'm bigging it up too much but I really do like it no I'm the same and another thing that I've taken away today is we've had a conversation with and I said this at the beginning of this section we've had a conversation with a few people and everyone's feeling like we're behind this year because it's been so cold yeah quite rightly and when you come and look at these show gardens because it's they are show gardens a lot of the plants have been forced to be looking great just for this one weekend yeah it's the end of April you don't really see this many flowers at this early on in the year or like the vegetables where you've got full-on cauliflowers. But when you look at the show gardens, you're sort of thinking, why aren't mine looking like that? And then you actually go and see the working garden, and you realise the working garden is more realistic. And, of course, the car museum as well, so... I didn't want to mention it, but... Yeah, we went in and had a look at a few we cars. We did have a look. Yeah, and that's, that's pretty good for a ticket price, right? I think so. You get a gardens, you get a car museum, and you get a show. Yeah. That's amazing, yeah? Well, it is Sunday the 30th of April 2023 today. It's hard to believe that the end of April is upon us. It certainly feels like this year is just flying by. Now, this week in the home plot, we have been pretty busy. In the mornings before I go to work, I'm still able to get out here just for a half hour and do a bit of weeding, which I've got to say is going a long, long way to keep the garden tidy. I've got to say, it's amazing just a few minutes work each day, the difference it makes. Added to that, each day we are also getting eggs from our chickens which is great because that's why we have chickens of course and we're getting plenty of eggs i think i've said quite a bit recently we are getting plenty of eggs we're trying to find different ways of eating them up a lot of quiches a lot of omelets a lot of frittatas but you know what i don't mind it we are finding that by trying to eat these eggs and use them in different ways we are getting quite adventurous and using a lot of our homegrown vegetables now some of our homegrown vegetables include things like our spinach our radishes all of which are coming in thick and fast at the moment swiss chard particularly although i also feed the chickens some swiss chard just to give them a few greens 
Now we have got the final straw bale into our straw bale garden area. I spoke about this last week, it is the fifth bale to go into place. Now we have been continuing on conditioning these straw bales by watering them daily and feeding them every other day. Something that I've also been investigating and curious about is I've actually stuck my finger inside the straw bale just to see how moist it is on the inside and it is surprising just how much moisture is inside these straw bales which is going to be a good sign moving forward it's going to mean that we can really get on with using these bales for growing our food on in the next couple of weeks now this weekend is a bank holiday weekend so i've spent quite a bit of time going through my sheds once again i have to admit i am a terrible hoarder and it's something i am trying to beat at the moment and my sheds do get quite messy now when I get messy it becomes for me really annoying and awkward because I can't get the tools out or the the items out that I want so this is a a, a real problem that I have and I'm trying to beat but this weekend just going through the sheds and I will be completing this off tomorrow but going through the sheds has meant that I'm being a bit ruthless I'm getting rid of stuff that I haven't used for over a year I don't need it if it's been that long is my assumption and I'm often finding things that I think I can still use or I shouldn't get rid of. But my wife, thankfully, is being a bit more ruthless with me and saying, if you haven't used it, do you really need it? One example would be the petrol lawnmower and the petrol rotivator we have in there. Now, the petrol lawnmower was actually given to me by my wife's dad. I don't use a petrol lawnmower anymore. I use my battery lawnmower, so what am I keeping hold of it? And the same with a rotavator, I don't use it. So they are both to go. Trust me, this is not an easy thing to do to get rid of many of our items, but it does have to be done. Now, talking of mowers, I have mowed the grass in here at the Veg Grower Podcast HQ. This is something that next month we're not going to be doing as much of with no mo may i'm going to get into that next week so i won't go into that too much but that final cut i've just used some of that grass to go around some of my brassicas my cabbages and my cauliflowers that are in the beds here at home as a mulch again retain the moisture reduce weeds i'm real passionate about doing this at the moment and i'm certainly seeing benefits of what it's doing now speaking of the brassica bed the purple sprouting broccoli that was producing really really well it's gone over now it's gone to the point that it's starting to flower so i've cut it down and i've given that to the chickens which they're very very happy to eat and enjoy that again this is another way with feed costs for chickens being quite high at the moment to try and save money i try and give them some scraps and some greens to try and reduce the amount of feeds now the potato experiment i want to bring that up because the potatoes are now showing themselves and the dalefoot the wool compost was the first to show themselves swiftly followed by the new horizon compost then the cheaper compost my own compost was the fourth one to show itself. The Wilco Coya is the final one to show itself and the straw hasn't shown itself just yet. This may not mean anything. Just for me, it shows the Dalefoot was the first to show itself, first to sprout and grow. 
But that doesn't mean that what's going on in the actual pots themselves is what we are want to see. It doesn't mean that the experiment is over by a long way. Now the final thing that I have been doing is a big session of potting up, pricking out and sowing seeds. When I'm having a big session, what I start to do is I start with my bigger plants. Now, I still had some of our fruit bushes and trees that needed to go into bigger pots. So I put those up into bigger pots. That then freed up the pots that they were originally in, which meant I could pot up the next size down into those. And, and so on and so on, right on through out all our plants. That means I've got my rhubarb seedlings pricked out. I've got some wasabi into bigger pots. got a lot of brassicas into bigger pots. I've got tomatoes into bigger pots. Basically, I've got a lot of things already into bigger pots and then I've had a good sowing session sweet corn has been sown this is about the right time for me to sow sweet corn May June if I sow it too early it gets too big and I find it difficult to find anything to do with it it won't go out into the garden or on the allotment until at least two weeks time sweet corn and beans are both quite quick growers so I always wait till end of April mid beginning of May before I start sowing those in order to get them down into the allotment so I've been sowing those and they have been well they should hopefully germinate pretty quickly we've got sweet corn various varieties uh, runner beans French beans, haricot beans, balotti beans, peas, just a huge variety. I've been using root trainers for these because they uh, they grow quite quickly and the root trainers are, I find just a bit better for beans and these sort of things and then we can just plant those straight out into the ground. In the veggie pod I actually sown some haricot and runner bean seeds directly in there but these were dwarfing haricot and runner beans. The runner bean is a variety called histia. These are going to basically grow without any support as I understand it and should grow really well in a veggie pot. I've got to say the veggie pot is doing so well at the moment. It's got plenty of carrots all germinated, we're getting loads of radishes, loads of spinach. It is really really doing well. I'm really really pleased with it. Well, like I said, we are going to continue on with the shed clearing tomorrow being bank holiday Monday, but um We've also been cooking something up, so let's go find out what's cooked this week. Well, that is it for this episode. It is Bank Holiday Monday today, which has meant an extra day off work, although I am on call. But luckily, I have managed to get into my shed and complete tidying those up, just like I said yesterday. So very, very, very productive weekend. And what's even better is that we managed to treat ourselves to some of our freshly harvested and allotment-grown asparagus for dinner tonight. Now, we had it alongside some steak and some spinach, and all I did to cook the asparagus was simply pull it onto a hot griddle to get it nice and tender and char-grilled with a little bit of olive oil, just a few minutes then we took it off and drizzled over a squeeze of lemon. Really, really simple, really, really easy. Asparagus is so delicious and so tasty. So highly, highly recommend if you have got some fresh asparagus, you give it a try. Asparagus is a very short season here in the UK, but it is one of the best. 
So before I go, if you have enjoyed this week's episode, please do consider leaving us a review on your podcast service. It really goes a long way to helping us get found and attract new listeners. Added to that, if you have enjoyed this podcast and want to support the work that we do, then please consider becoming a supporting member. Supporting members get a collection of seeds sent to their door each month, as well as some extra behind-the-scenes podcasts, which keep you updated with what's going on here at the Veg Grower Podcast. For that, I charge just £5 a month. Details on that are at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk. Now, if you want to get in touch, you can also leave a comment at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk. You can also leave a voicemail on that same website. Or you can email me, richard at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk. And don't forget to check us out on social media. We will be back again next time. So until then, please take care. Yeah.